0: Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And a very special episode. It is... We say that a lot, but this one really, really, really is pretty special. It is. It is episode 80 and it is the best of season two. Last episode in season two,
1: we wanted to kind of pick out our favorite moments from what was... Uh, an amazing season really it was uh, we talked to some of the coolest people i've ever had the pleasure of meeting either in person or via the phone uh, we've had some of the more enlightening and eye-opening conversations that i've ever had and it was honestly a lot of fun not only because of all the cool people we got to meet and talk to but because i got to spend time with you
0: grant uh vince i am blushing over here you know i return the sentiment one of the big motivators for this project has just kind of been to to work together. And it's been a, a blast. And the nice thing is when you work with people, you dig... Some good stuff comes out of it, especially when you've got guests of this caliber.
1: This season was so good, man. Oh, my God. We talked to some amazing people from the voice of Siri to actress Katie Featherston to the hilarious Jordan Brady. (laughs) It's hilarious. To the people behind Before You Were Funny, the podcast. to Ryan um, Booth. Sonny Lee. Vasky. Yeah. Musicians, actors, comedians, people of every kind of creative work and walk of life. And it made for a season that was even better than I could have ever imagined.
0: Certainly. And typically we have a sponsor every week. It's a great section of the intro that I'm sure you've all grown to love. And you'll as, sorely
1: miss this week because as we, we're not having it.
0: We seamlessly roll through that usually. But I think we just want to thank the listeners. We want to thank the people who are listening to the show and, and our guests who have spent their time and, and given us their insights so generously, as I like to say.
1: Uh, absolutely. Guests who have given their time the listeners who have given us support, there's a lot of you. There's more of you now than there was last year, and hopefully it'll be even more next year. But uh, it's so humbling to hear from you and to see your support echoed through watches, listens, subscriptions. And it's it's honestly extremely humbling.
0: Yeah, what a treat. This show's a treat. And, uh, hey, season three coming up soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, keep your ears open for it late January next year. But until then... Hopefully you enjoy the best of season 2 episode 80 clip show coming at you. Enjoy.
0: Yeah, come here Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> Term that Australian <laughs> use, means girl. It's sort of general.
1: You're breaking the immersion, Grant. Hey,
0: <laughs> <Aye>, come here. <laughs> so should I delete all this or? Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, Vince. Man, many a time in the past year have I sat here in this moist uh, period, this moist silence that exists. Between my first words and your first words. And what some might call the start of the show.
1: How would, how would Eric Foss describe it? A fertile silence?
0: A fertile silence. It was so well put. And it's unfortunate we didn't stumble upon that until episode 79.
1: True. It could have served us well. <laughs> I would have
0: that. used that frequently. But yes, a fertile silence. That, that liminal period. That space between right at the cusp of starting the show. When I ask you, Vince Kochi, my friend, my co-host, I was going to say my lover. you know not my lover, but... Not yet. Not yet. Maybe season three. <laughs> Tune in for season three. We've got all sorts of surprises. But I ask you, Vince, what are you working on? What are you putting your time into?
1: Well, Grant, typically I'd have sort of a sarcastic answer based on how long it took you to get to that question but not today today i'll simply say that i've been putting some time into recently and right now a very special episode of ten thousand hours a spep a spep i might go so far as As it's
0: as it's become uh known to us uh customary
1: to call it a spep yes a very special episode in fact it is our 80th episode and it is the season two best of episode.
0: <sighs> Feels good. Feels good to be here, Vince.
1: Feels great. I, I mean, part of me thought, yeah, this will we'll probably make it this far. But part of me thought, you know, two years from now, this was in way back in January of 2014. And we started talking about it's it in November 2013, of 2013. Yeah, 2013. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, it was, I just couldn't foresee it but totally. now I couldn't imagine anything else. I know it
0: would be so weird to not be doing it. This is probably one of my longer running projects, and especially something that I'm actually consistently working on. Oh, I like wow. almost forget about it, not in a bad way, but people like ask what I do at the time. It's like, oh yeah, I guess I do a podcast every week too. With
1: <laughs> that's like hours a week. Of yeah, work and- yeah, yeah, yeah. But mean-
0: it's you know we we're in our groove. We're having a blast, and what a treat this year was. We got to talk to some of the most creative and interesting and fun people. In I mean, I would say the world.
1: We did. We had the pleasure of having a lot of international guests and a lot of interesting people here in the U.S. and even here, right here in Minneapolis. So many cool guests. Grant, what do we do here on 10,000 Hours? What's going on? Well, what are we? uh, well, 10,000 Hours, I think we've stayed
0: pretty true to our ethos, how we started. It was, I mean, uh, we when we really got going, we were talking about 10,000 Hour Rule, popularized by Mr. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell in his book, Outliers. And from the get-go, we were like, yeah, yeah, we don't need to argue about whether or not it takes 10,000 hours to be a master, as he posits in that book. But it was like, oh, I think this is a banner for which really interesting conversations could live under. And Absolutely. we've stayed true to that, right? I mean, I
1: think so, 100%. Even when he he mentioned it in Outliers, the real point of it wasn't to land on a hard number. It was to start a conversation about what it really means to master something. Mm-hmm. And what it came down to in the end is dedication, consistency over time, devotion to mastering a craft. And that's what we like to talk to people about on the show. Yeah. And it's proven to be so much more enlightening than a conversation about work. We've, In fact, most of our conversations only briefly dip into work before kind of sprawling out over the vast array of different things to speak about. And uh, all for the better, I would say.
0: We've been known to bounce around a bit.
1: We, yeah, it's, it's true.
0: Yes. Uh, but, yeah, a real treat. And, I mean, I, can I get like a high hey. five, maybe?
1: It wouldn't be an episode without a visual gag. We just high fived <laughs> if you couldn't really make that out. Um, yeah. And so each week we have a different person on. A different guest, uh, normally from the creative industry, but really they can be anything. I think we've had a even more diverse host of guests this year. Everything from an Olympian and Karen Davies to... Mm-hmm.
0: to Music producer in Vaskey, in a.k.a. Alex Brower, designers, the voice of Siri, Susan Bennett.
1: Actresses, comedians. Yeah, Katie Featherston. Filmmakers. filmmakers really? Everyone, the gamut. Yeah, and everyone in between. Uh, it's been extremely cool. Certainly. And each week we talk about a different topic. Yeah. Uh, Something that's important to us, something that we think is interesting, but most importantly, something the guest thinks is interesting. I want right now, Grant, Mm. for us to kind of, Walk down memory lane. Hmm. Take a stroll, if you will. Will you come with me? I'll grab your
0: hand. I'll grab your hand and I'll walk with you.
1: We're going to examine some of our favorite moments from 2015. Bit of a highlight reel. I would say so. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoy Best of Season 2, 10,000 Hours.
0: Let's not overthink it. Let's just jump right into it. Let's go for it. Yeah.
1: Let's not beat around the bush. <laughs> we, That's what you tend to do.
0: Oh, God, that nothing annoys me more than that, as I've <laughs> talked about vacillant. at length. Yes.
1: Um, should we get to the first clip?
0: First clip, yeah. This was Susan Bennett. Which, A.K.A. Yeah, that might not mean much to you. You might be thinking, Susan Bennett? Who's Susan Bennett? Is she a singer? Is she I kind of that name? No, 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 no. This is the voice of Siri.
1: That's right. Siri from apple
0: of apple acclaim your
1: pockets acclaim (laughs) yeah and international beloved technological voice of millions uh she joined us to talk about quote-unquote finding your voice yeah and it was super cool i honestly would have never even thought of her as a real person
0: yeah i mean she i think that whole exchange came about she like started following me on twitter or something and I, what, this is a person? Of course it is, I guess. And then we exchanged a few messages and there she was coming through our speakers.
1: And what a amazingly a novel perspective. And her story was so cool. She didn't even know she was the voice of Siri okay. until she heard the, yeah. herself on an iPhone. Truly an eye-opening and dare I say, ear-opening conversation. I
0: Opened those ears right up. And, I mean, wow, what a perspective, right? She's super generous, super, super absolutely smart, on point. Oh, God, the moment when we ended that episode, Vince, that was, I've never freaked out so much, at the, end, especially at the end of an episode. Oh, w- my when God. When she said, I think she did, thank you, Grant, thank you, Vince, and ship it.
1: She did the Siri voice ship it, and honestly, it sent shivers down my spine. And she managed to hit on some very insightful and cool points while she was with us. I think the most interesting and kind of eye-opening thing that she said was a quote. I'll paraphrase it, but you're about to hear it in just a second that your voice already exists within you. You just have to find it.
0: It's
1: beautiful. It is beautiful, though. It is. Let's see if you agree. Here's Susan Bennett from episode... 42.
3: You know I think that as far as finding your, your own voice, I think what you have to do is find a way to enjoy your everyday life. Uh, I, I think that that sometimes we're at this point where everybody feels frustrated if they're not you know millionaires or if they're not you know doing some kind of thing that they perceive to be success. And I think that there are many ways of finding success and many ways of finding your own voice. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in your vocation, you know. It could be uh, in something that you do as a hobby. But I think that that as you just go along, you know, your 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 path in life, you will stumble on certain things because I I, I think that that they that your voice is there. It's just you know. It's just waiting for you to find it, and as you go through life and make different choices, you you inevitably will. <laughs> I think.
0: No, you're so, you're so on point. This is something I've said before, and I will say again because it's relevant. Is uh, and, and especially I think Vince and I come, you know, I, we're in a generation right now. We're in a generation that is looking for their voice. That is very much searching for it. Um, and and. We talk a lot about this idea of paralysis of treading water of like trying to figure out the right direction whether that's career or whatever and things that we come back to over and over again is move forward move right. forward and and when you have momentum you can adapt and you can pivot and you can adjust accordingly but until you're until you're moving forward you're not going to know
1: Grant, let's talk about Death to Stock. Uh, Death to the stock photo.
0: Yes. uh, True, true friend of the show. I think...
1: We throw that term around a lot.
0: (laughs) I think Death to Stock slash David Sherry currently holds the running record for most show note appearances because he's mentioned so many times on the cast. Easily true. He's connected us with a whole host of guests we've had on and he's become a really close friend and client, collaborator. It's awesome. And what a treat. We had those guys uh, in studio, him and Ali, Ali Lehman, and who is now of the Wonder Jam, not doing Death to Stock as much anymore, but uh, we had those guys, they were staying with me in Minneapolis, they were coming through on their creative road trip, and what a treat, right?
1: An absolute treat. They were awesome. The conversation was awesome. We were talking about no middleman topic, Uh, basically how to connect more to the work and more to the people who appreciate the work directly.
0: Oh, totally. And and their whole idea of just coming from a place of abundance, as he said, is just about being generous and about being expansive. And I mean, that's exactly what Death to Stock is and what those guys are living on.
4: And they really summarized it beautifully in this clip. It's hard and it kind of goes back to the middleman thing a bit is just always coming at a project from a place of abundance rather than scarcity, which kind of means... Uh, just feeling like you can share without worry and not feel so protective over what it is you're working on, not clo- like holding it so close to your chest. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we try to do: is just really come from a place of positivity and abundance. And uh, we're here to connect with people and help them. And that's kind of the big goal, rather than getting really caught up in like the you know the fine details of. Uh, maybe some things that might be annoying or something like that. So that's, that's what I would say is if you always kind of have that in the back of your mind, you won't be scared uh, to try new things and to put yourself out there. Episode
1: Nintendo 64. Uh,
4: have
0: you been planning that joke all day?
1: <laughs> literally, since we recorded this months ago. Uh, episode 64 was building a following. It was the title. And it was with someone... Really close to me, one of my best homies in the world, Chad Lewis. Better he, than me? I can't rank you guys. I can't pick children. Uh, He's very good friend though. He's the proprietor of Lootunes, the now over 300,000 subscriber YouTube channel. He is an illustrator, a cartoonist, and a fan of animation in all its forms. Uh and we talked about building a following, but we also talked about the other side of the coin.
0: Which is funny because he's such a sweet guy. But we were talking about haters?
1: Yeah, we talked about haters, but that sweetness really shone through because his philosophy when it comes to haters is very unique. Uh he says it better than we could. Take a listen.
5: Any uh person on YouTube with like a you know, a decent number of subscribers or viewers will Will be subjected to the occasional hater, and I think i i have a kind of um, i have a kind of opposite opinion to a lot of people on when it comes to this. Actually, oh. like um, a lot of people just say like just ignore the haters. Like haters are going to hate, <laughs> and just ignore them. But it's like this is the thing. Have you guys ever watched a YouTube video and just be like, you want to say like, you know, personally, I think this thing was better, whatever. You're not a hater. You're just like putting a comment in. And I think when people see an opposing opinion to Mm -hmm. theirs, they go like, you're a hater. But they don't hate you. They're just like typing a comment in. They're not like people think there's trolls. I mean, and there, there are some. But people, I think they imagine these trolls that are just at their keyboards. You know, the keyboard warriors. Like... That are just sitting at their computer going, <laughs> but you know, the majority of people that have a differing opinion to you in the comments section are not trolls or haters. They're just normal people like you just typing in a comment. But when you only see that faceless, cold looking comment, it can hurt your feelings more than what that person ever meant to, to do. And once I started like looking at it that way, I, I became like invulnerable to like anything anyone would ever say Episode sixty-five. That one was a real gem for me. A great
1: episode,
0: a grip, if you will. That was Mr. Sonny Lee. He's a he's a really dope writer. I first heard him on the Tall Tales podcast. Shouts out to that pod, uh, which is hosted by Jason Stewart and Nikki Jagerman. He's like a DJ. It's really funny.
1: Cool. <laughs> uh, and Sonny Lee was also. Hilarious! Oh my god! Uh, and you might know him from shows like Silicon Valley. Which or he was on recently. it's
0: always Sunny in Philadelphia. He was writing on both those shows, and has his own show that he's working on now.
1: Yeah, we Doing talked about thing. all of that, um, but we also <laughs> talked about uh, something that maybe uh, we we came up with it during the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we it was were... a running it was a running gag of sorts turned into. Uh, it started as a kind of a lampoon uh, the, the six quick tips to success Ours were seven uh, But by the end of it It had kind of taken on a life of its own It's truly remarkable And we also Shout
0: out to the playlist that we made I don't even know the context, But there's a, there's a playlist that came out of there Called oh, yeah. Dreams of Sunny Lee
1: <laughs> Our off topic topic was music Oh of and, course uh, And it, it birthed an amazing podcast It birthed an amazing playlist but maybe even more amazing was this list of success tips that Sonny Lee was gracious enough to jump in on the joke for. Uh, so here it is. Just
0: to give a rundown, the seven tips uh, the seven tips from Sonny Lee for the dream job. Number one, start a pod. Start a podcast. Uh, number two, don't be in the same location. Uh, and then I think in parentheses there is as your partner. But I think you'd apply yes, that. To yes. Yes. So far, so good. Okay. Number three, work on your talent. I mean, five, that's yeah, good number advice. Four. Number four, <clears throat> I, ha- I well, I have never die, but then I think I scribbled this to myself: uh, immortality, which is what I think you were getting at with never die. Uh, number four, I think
2: I, I I was actually advising people to die.
0: Oh, you were saying so, uh, do die.
1: Yeah, I think that's the yeah. because the that's only way why we were
0: miscommunicating just, yeah. there. Okay, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In parentheses, okay, so I'll put do die, and then in parentheses, uh, uh, not immortality. (laughs) Perfect, (laughs) yes. Okay, and I think this just bleeds so nicely. It bleeds mortal. Um, Into uh, number five, the joy is the journey. Thank you to Sonny's
1: (laughs) wife. famous poster once said.
0: Wait, girlfriend. Yeah, okay. Sorry. What's her name? Katie.
1: Katie. Hi, Katie.
0: Big shout out to Katie... Thank you for that one. Number six. And this one is, is I want to say, the most inquisitive of the bunch. What is anything? Or <laughs> alternatively, I'm going to give you another read. What is anything? Ooh, one more. Like what there. is anything? All three of them. They're,
6: They're all great. Uh, and sure. I,
0: I think if you really want to get cocky, you could you could uh, do a posh yes and say, what's anything? But... <laughs> Number seven, <laughs> look inward, and that's really and that is self-awareness, the of course. Yes. So this is technically a best of season two.
1: We're about to break the
0: rules a little
1: bit, as we're accustomed to do. Yeah, we're allowed. We wrote them. Fuck them. <laughs> well said. Uh, this is from season one, yeah, episode thirty-one, and it, it was certainly a highlight of season one possible highlight of the entire show
0: yeah I mean we it was uh, we got off this call off this episode and it was kind of like
1: that's a real that was, that was really pretty was. dope
0: yeah so this was with Seth Godin who has kind of been a long time Well, um, oh. he's become a mentor but for a long time I've just really <laughs> put it I don't want to say put him on a pedestal it's kind of negative but I've just really followed his work I've really connected with the stuff he's created and with the career he's had it's really really amazing and uh, to have him on the show was awesome. Yeah, I think the idea for this show really kind of came about when I was working with Seth in New York. I came back and we kind of got things going. So this was, a, this was a landmark moment for us to have Seth on the show. And holy shit, <laughs> you know, the it dude is so on point. exceeded our
1: expectations 10, 20, 100 fold. Uh, I couldn't have imagined that someone of his stature would have the generosity and the humility Talk that, with a couple that he of did punks that punks like us, yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: Um, I mean, the the episode's filled with good stuff. I think particular, particularly that word is fucking difficult, Vince. A particularly poignant moment was him talking about identity and talking about who you are and sort of accepting that and dealing with it and, and using it to your advantage instead of of trying to fight it.
7: (sighs) Okay. So big big sigh. Well, it helps me think. Okay. Uh, you got a whole bunch of different factors going on here. The biggest one, because we're talking about self-awareness, yeah. is this. You know what it feels like when you're on a limb. You know what it feels like when you're onto something big. And you know what it feels like when you're arguing about what color the logo should be. <laughs> and if you don't know the difference between those two things, you got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. If you do know the difference between those two things, and I think most people do, you have a lot of honesty to do, right? That one of the things that's the easiest to do, and I struggled as an entrepreneur for almost a decade, is to blame the outside world, right? Well, that the reason I'm not working on a big book project is no one bought it. It's their fault. They don't get it. They're behind the times. They didn't engage with this, so that is why I am stuck. And if we get hooked on this cycle of they, then we have a super safe place to hide, The way we get out of that is by getting ourselves a better day, by saying, you know what? I'm in an industry where they never buy anything from anyone, so I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. Or we say, I'm in an industry where they buy things from other people. I need to go do the work to find out why they're buying from other people but not buying from me. Sure. But that feeling in your head ought to feel different than the, it is urgent that I get this logo shaped. <laughs> mm-hmm. We
1: had the very interesting, and from very interesting roots, uh, Jason Zook on the show for episode 72. If you guys might have heard of him. He is famous for I Wear Your Shirt, uh, which is an aptly named project in which he would wear your shirt uh, if you were a company. And he also sold his last name. Uh, so <laughs> we it off to the highest bidder. We didn't exactly know what to expect when we had him on, but he turned out to be one of the more insightful, yeah. earnest, just great guests that we've ever had, uh, a favorite of ours. And he shared a particularly he shared a particularly vulnerable yeah. moment with us. A lot of times we talk about the accolades, success, yeah. the success, the accomplishments. Hoorah, of look at me. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it, it lends itself naturally to our show and the conversations we have. But he talked about a setback, a pretty significant yeah. low point in his life where he, as he self-described it, hit rock bottom.
8: So uh, I wear your shirt in the last... Like 2012 to 2013, just did not do well financially. Um, I, I made some bad decisions. It was that was the first business I had ever run on my own. So you can imagine hmm. just things hmm. are gonna happen. And so I, I had hired too many people because I thought I was supposed to scale and that was such a cool thing. And then I had changed the content, and and I was really relying on these other platforms, Facebook and Twitter. And you know, when Facebook changed their algorithm, like my traffic tanked because I was, a lot of my traffic was driven through Facebook. So, you know, there were a lot of things that were just out of my control. So anyway, uh, when that business shut down, I had $100,000 in debt. And that was kind of my line in the sand. When I finally said, I can't take on any more debt, Um, I feel incredibly embarrassed about this because everybody, like, I'm still getting these articles written about me of like, this guy makes half a million dollars a year wearing t-shirts. And I would literally tell those people, like, don't put this article out. It's not true. Like, yes, I generated that amount of money, but now I'm in debt. Like, this business has not you know, gone on to be super successful as it, as it once was. And so when I reached that point of kind of rock bottom financially, it obviously was rock bottom in every other part of your life. You know, you don't just have like a, a meltdown in a business and then, oh, well, I'm completely healthy. Uh, my love life is great, but my business isn't doing so hot. Like it affected everything. And so it really made me take a hard look at what am I striving for? You know, like what what every day is getting me up out of bed? What am I looking for in life? And I was so focused on, Making a million dollars a year, like that was a goal that I had for some reason. I don't even live a lifestyle that needs anywhere near that amount of money. I actually could live off of like three thousand dollars a month, which I think is crazy for people to hear. Um, Luckily, I do make more than that, but I think that's just because of all the things that I put out into the world. Uh, But yeah, just I kind of was living this like MTV Cribs fantasy in my mind of I need a big house, I need a Ferrari, I need all this money. And I, was, and I just finally took a moment, and again, it was at that conference when I heard Joshua talking about his story, which was so similar, when I said, do these things actually matter to me? And I would not have reflected on those had I not hit rock bottom. And so for me, that was actually a great thing to have happen in my life. It really sucked for like two years, but I look back on it, and I'm like, I'm actually kind of glad that happened in a really morbid, weird way. 57,
1: episode 57. Uh this was another in-person in person. In studio. Yeah. Uh, it seems like a lot of those are showing up. I think it's because we can just make a connection. Yeah, there's something More different personal. about being right there. I agree. And this one was with the lovely, the, the delightful, the amazing Megan Gonzalez of May May fame. Yes. Uh, printing company. Yep. They do really cool designs, yeah. really cool stationery, any number of other cool paper products. And we had a cool conversation. At one point, uh, the conversation kind of trended towards comfort zones and uh, expanding what you do slash minimizing what you do, scope versus spectrum. And we had a very interesting debate and conversation about whether comfort zone was something to be avoided or something to be uh, strived for. I think they're bad. (laughs) I think they're not so bad. That's why the show works.
9: I think I'm trying to explore the idea of being specific and having a niche mm-hmm. and seeing if it works better, uh, see if it like, yeah. helps manage stress. See if it creates more clarity for my brand. I think, you know, what can be really challenging is if you do want to have like a lot of things you concentrate on. Do you have to have a bunch of different business names so that each brand can be strong so people get what you do?
1: throwing (laughs) up his hands.
9: But I mean, that's better than having one umbrella and like people being confused about what you do. And so I think I'm I'm really interested in yeah. having a niche. Like I'm craving that. Like I don't want to be all over it's the place. It's nice,
1: right? I mean, Great mean Yeah. Yeah. It I, sounds yeah.
9: just comfortable. And it's like <laughs> I and comfortable in a g- good way. In a way. good way. Yeah. yeah like comfort these, is
1: not a bad word. Sometimes yeah. we tend to vilify it a little right. bit on the show. Yeah. But comfort is definitely not a dirty right. word.
9: Right. Like yes. I want comfortable shoes. To go run a marathon. Like I'm not saying like I want to be comfy and sit on the couch. But that it's is
0: like such gonna, good. That grab, is so good. I'm just gonna grab a high
1: five for you. We are yes. gonna repeat that. Just, I swear to you, we're gonna repeat. No, but
0: episode 74. This was a special one. I mean, <laughs> I feel like a broken record. We... we
1: we've said that a lot, but that's what this this episode's about. It's yeah. about picking our favorites, and there were a lot of them over yeah. the course of the and
0: year. and uh, Vasky, uh, who we had on the show. It's his producer name is. Uh, his musical act name, but that's Alex Brower. Uh, he was on the show. He joined us from Los Angeles and he has been a really close collaborator over the past year, year and a half. I've done a couple of music videos with him. I've learned so much from him and it was just awesome to have him talking with us about his career, about evolution, about finding your voice and, and ultimately about inspiration and where that's heading for him where he thinks that whole idea, especially in a remix culture, is heading. And man, what a a smart, cool
1: dude. And a smart, cool conversation.
6: When I really think about music and how it applies to me and how it applies to the type of music that I'm making at a certain time, it really is... And people ask you, like, people ask, where do you get your inspiration and stuff like that all the time? And I just, I think that life and everything that you're going through is the only form of inspiration really like you can say that i'm inspired by this movie or i'm inspired by this person or something but like i feel like the way that you've lived your life and the things that have happened to you are what led you to be identifying with that person or that movie or that piece of art in the first place so like that is actually what is inspiring you and that's that's how i feel that my music is coming i feel like that's what it's coming from is my life experiences and whatever I was going through. And, you know, looking back, I can see the times that I've made the most aggressive music or the most angry music is the times that I've been the most frustrated. And it's like in general, just of whatever's going on in life, like the times that I've been dealing with the most stuff. And it's interesting because that seems to be the music that most people identify with. Because everybody is going through something at some point.
0: Episode 67 was a first of sorts for the pod.
6: The first second.
0: We had Mr. Barrett Brooks on the show for his second appearance. He was on the show, I believe, episode four. Yes. And we had him back. A long
1: time ago. One of the originals. The OGs. Yeah,
0: we had him back for season two. And what a dude.
1: Oh my God. What a conversation.
0: And what were we talking about, Vince? Potential?
1: yeah we talked about a lot of things uh we kind of we talked about how careers evolve changing right the show has
0: changed barrett's changed his
1: life has changed a lot he moved he moved from atlanta to portland shouts out to portland but in this particular clip he was talking about how he saw himself and how others saw him and how he to paraphrase was sick of being seen as someone quote unquote with potential And it was pretty powerful.
10: I just woke up one day and I realized that two of the people I look up to most, um, you know, Seth and then a guy named David Cummings, who's an investor and kind of has, has sparked the entrepreneurial movement here in Atlanta. They both write daily and they both attribute daily writing or attribute to daily writing their ongoing success and audience and their ability to spread ideas. And I woke up one day and it was just like, you know, I think I'm tired of being described as a high potential person. I'm sick of people saying, oh, you've got so much potential. You're going to do great things in life. It's like, well, when the fuck do I start doing
11: those great
1: things? (laughs) And that is an all time phrase right there. That is one of the best single collection of sentences I've ever heard on our show (laughs) or in my entire life.
10: And it was just an honest realization that at some point that's crippling. It's crippling for people to tell you how great you are when you haven't done shit. And, so that day I said, you know what, I'm not going to use the excuse that long form's more valuable, that I don't have the time, that I can't write at certain times a day. I'm going to publish every day for the rest of my life unless something significant changes that because I just can't figure out a reason why I wouldn't do that kind of work when I'm capable of it. And if nothing else, at the end of every year, I will have 365 different posts where I had Something to say and shared something with the world, even if everybody didn't agree with it.
0: Episode fifty-nine with Jessica Haggie. That one was particularly philosophical. She's of uh, what is it? The Art of War visualized. She ta- she took Sun Tzu's uh, seminal military
1: strategy <laughs> yeah. text and she turned it into a project of sketches. Yeah,
0: beautiful stuff and super interesting. Uh, just like her. And uh, I think what I really liked talking with her about was aesthetic. And we were talking about this whole undesign movement and the, like the death of kerning, the death of particular design, just making things look bad on purpose.
1: Yeah. You two really riffed on that for <laughs> yeah. a while and it produced, I would say, a very entertaining couple of design nerds, you know, nerding out. Enjoy it like they did. As
12: soon as
9: you don't need to have like the most perfect style of of visual stuff, if you can convey the idea and you can do that like three or four times, instead of making something like accidentally ugly, now it's just your look.
0: Yeah.
9: And so if you you can replicate your style, it's your style.
1: Not to be too preemptive, but you've had a lot of quotable moments on today's show. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah, that, I mean, but it was really well said, right? If you own a style, and it's a style that people are familiar with and ready and prepared to digest, I mean, that's even something we come across in terms of, like, sound engineering in our making a podcast. If people are prepared and ready for the cer- a certain sound, you don't have to have absolute state-of-the-art equipment and sound quality. You can have something that sounds reliable, and yeah. people are ready to understand it
0: and frankly especially even in, in the design and art direction world we're so seeing so much stuff it's so visual it's like everything is ar- almost too perfect oftentimes so if you can kind of fuck it up a little bit that's for the better yeah perfection is perfect. don't
9: kern shit anymore just yeah. die.
0: <laughs> kerning is dead you heard but, it here first yeah but here's the funny thing uh That like undesign as I would call it or I would look at it is like actually so hard I realized like coming up in the design world and then trying to like make it like shitty good yeah, really
1: difficult
9: you know what you need you need a copywriter to draw it for you (laughs) well
1: shit he's got one (laughs) alright I'm I'm on the case episode 44 Grant do you remember this one
0: yes uh, especially well because it's a palindrome so that's already your got. favorite
1: type of episode, yes. Yeah,
0: yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, and wow, this was a cr- such a cool episode. I mean, we geek out a lot of these uh, conversations we get to have with really interesting people. This one has led to an actual friendship. I ended up meeting up with this guest out in Los Angeles where she is currently residing, and what uh, I think this was a guest we could have never have guessed. have have predicted that we would have on the show. Uh, Ms. Katie Featherston of Paranormal Activity fame?
1: Absolutely. This is, I think, my personal most fanboy about guest uh, because I'm a huge horror movie buff and I love found footage horror especially and she was great in Paranormal Activity and she was a great guest and she talked about sort of the level of Confidence, self-belief that you have to have to make it in such a vulnerable industry as acting Uh, And I believe the quote that she left us with was There was no version of my life in which I wasn't successful That's her talking about her own vision of her own success And that was
12: pretty profound,
1: I
0: thought Totally, incredible tenacity and again generosity She's a dope human
12: Studying theater, uh, had a great four years And then moved out to L.A. Uh, right after I graduated, and and knew, and the thing about the thing about theater school is that they teach you a lot about theater and acting and performing, but they don't, at least in my experience, they didn't teach me a lot about about the business, um, which which meant that I had to kind of learn as I as I went, which is I think the experience a lot of people have.
3: Mm-hmm.
12: Um, but I, I came out here and my I knew no one, I had no representation, I was just I, and ignorance really is bliss because I I don't think I could do that again. I don't think I could move to a strange city and just throw myself into the you know bottomless pit of of a million people doing the same thing I just but I had but I was so determined and there was just no um there was no version of my life where I wasn't successful I just I just knew that
0: Vince one guest is great don't get me wrong I love having one guest on the show Mm -hmm, what a blast right what if we doubled that and had not one but two guests Wow, that
1: sounds like a recipe for a good
0: time. Is that something you might be interested in? That was episode fifty-three with uh, the co-hosts of the Before You Were Funny podcast and live show, uh, Funny Men. In their indeed, own right. yeah, certainly. Certainly, and, and the show is like has has these comedians bringing on their old material, and it's very hilarious. Worth a listen.
1: Oh my god, it's both like enlightening and also very entertaining. Oh
0: yeah, and that is Justin Michael and Jacob Reed both uh los angeles residents at the moment and
1: the before you were funny
0: podcast yeah uh
1: check it out and it was funny it was really funny uh in this clip they're talking about basically why they do what they do and the the good bad and otherwise that comes from digging up these past to, so to speak demons of former work uh, it was a good time
0: certainly it was humbling uh,
13: one of the first writing jobs that Justin and I had together that was like one long
2: ego bruise <laughs> yeah.
13: yeah well it was It was not not necessarily I mean I don't know how much we want to get into sp- specifics of it we we were uh, we wrote for a
2: comedy central
13: special yeah we wrote for a comedy central special with a lot of other um, established writers and a lot of uh, you know UCB dudes that we really looked up to and uh we were like the new guys who were, you know, a good chunk younger than everybody. Um, and there was one day that I brought uh, I brought some ideas and the guy who was like the, the, it was his show and he's someone who, you know, we're, we're, he's a great dude. We're still in touch with him, but he can be a little surly maybe sometimes with his uh, criticism. And so I pitched a bunch of stuff and like, I didn't get through any scripts that day. Like we would get like halfway through a script and he would just go pass, what What else do you have? And it was like, (laughs) looking back on it, those ideas were not ready.
0: I was going to say, like, like if anything, I just felt like it was an ego bruise because we weren't ready, period, for that show. And, like, if
10: we could go in now... almost
0: ready. But I just wasn't confident enough to pitch ideas. Like, I was afraid because these were my teachers and the people that, like, I admired on stage. I was like, oh, man, these guys, they they have way better ideas than we do. And they
13: brought great
0: ideas. Like, they were... I think we even had fun ideas that, like, we... It, it
13: was yeah.
7: Scary to be honest, I don't pitch. even
13: know if like like the ideas that uh, like we were pitching weren't necessarily bad. It was just like a total lack of confidence. A total lack of confidence. Absolutely. Yeah. And it felt like uh, it just felt stupid.
1: I think that's like a very apropos story, right? We were talking about it before that fine line between like having enough humility to make sure that your idea is palatable, but having enough confidence to make sure you can sell it, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ooh, another one of my favorites, Vince, 55. That sweet, sweet palindrome of an episode. You know it's going to be a good one. <laughs> and we had another local on, which is awesome. It's so cool for us to chat with people who are doing super inspiring and, dare I say, dope stuff. Right in, in our, our backyard. Yeah.
1: yes. It means... It means a lot. We love talking to people from all over the world and country, but to see people making change and doing something really cool here in Minneapolis is always a treat. And we had her in studio.
0: Yeah. And that is Trisha Kuduretsky, uh, the co director and curator of Public Functionary, a really fantastic art space. I like <laughs> ogled. dear o- to you. Yeah, I ogled over it during the episode. Uh, yeah, and I'm actually hosting a show there coming up.
1: Uh, we talked about curation in one of our maybe more offbeat topics we've yeah. ever had. It was kind of a more esoteric conversation about art and what it means to curate art. Uh, and she hit us with one of the more profound things that uh, we've had the pleasure of hearing here in the show. Just a really succinct description of why the world needs more artists.
9: Trust your, intu- your intuition. Mm. I mean, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just tired of people being so wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. Like, just go with it, you know? You have something to say. Everybody has something to say. Everybody is an artist, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Hey, whether it's good or not, that's questionable. <laughs> but yeah, but no, but everybody that's is said. an artist, and you should trust that and go with it. I think we need more artists in this world. We hell do. yeah.
1: We I think we both agree. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think we've echoed that sentiment in terms of having confidence in your work and belief in your work, and mm-hmm. that belief will shine through the work itself. It, It exists, and it makes for better work. Uh, So I think when you say trust your intuition and trust how you feel about things, I think it makes perfect sense, both in receiving art and consuming it and in creating it. Exactly.
0: Yeah, so don't overthink it. I think that's, I'm guilty of that, and I'm starting to, like, shut my brain up occasionally and just make stuff.
1: Yeah, you should. Episode 68 a uh, fun one a really fun one uh, with Tiffany Beveridge yes that's a real name and yes we did make a bunch of lame jokes throughout that's the level of quality of comedy you can come to expect from 10,000 and
0: demand before. I think
1: <laughs> uh, Tiffany Beveridge is cool she is a writer and most recently proprietor of the Pinterest comic book series is how she kind of put it yeah um, Called Quinoa, My Imaginary Well-Dressed, well-dressed toddler, toddler Daughter. Hell yeah. And first of all, it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, and second of all, it's um kind of a cool way of looking at and speaking about a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And it's semi-satirical, it's semi-inclusive, it's kind of like its own thing. And uh, we were talking about, in this clip, how it was received, and how she was worried it might be received among a particular group of
0: people—the
1: mommy bloggers.
0: Those fanged, <laughs> those <laughs> very,
1: the powerful block of social media uh. activists and advocates, the mommy bloggers. But she had, she had nice things to say. She did.
12: They have some serious teeth, and I, I feel pretty lucky that I have had very, very, very little negative feedback. I almost feel like I dodged what was probably coming to me rightfully, but, um, I, I know it, it has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I had a few emails, um, from people that, that, thought it was mean or or thought that a particular pin was um, distasteful or something. And and a couple of times they were right. Like I (laughs) I certainly hadn't written it that way, but um, what they pointed out to me, I thought, oh yeah, I can see how someone might take it that way. And I either edited it or took it down, but very, very few and far between. And in fact, putting the book together, um, I had to really collaborate with um, a lot of the people that uh, you know, like these fashion photographers and, and oh, different yeah. brands that allowed their images to, to used. Wow. Yeah. And they were surprisingly thrilled, excited, wow. publicized it. That could have been a nightmare, content. right? <laughs> yeah, it totally could. And and I, the only way I can explain it, and maybe it just makes me feel better, is that, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to, to poke a little fun You're and, and fun. have a nice harmless laugh. It's and, pretty and,
0: obvious, I
1: feel like.
12: Yeah. I, I'm hoping that translates. You can taste that's, it. You can taste that's it on the sincerity.
1: copy. Episode 77, Grant, I know.
12: Oh,
0: it's a palindrome.
1: Big fan of the palindromes here in 10,000 Hours. Uh, and we had another guest we're a huge fan of. Ryan Booth, filmmaker, um, and could have been actor. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about in this clip here. The episode was about culmination, kind of how your creative career is the sum of its parts and the long and winding road you take really does make up who you are as an artist. But he had an interesting crossroads early on in his career where he could have been on the cast of the hit show, Friday Night Lights, but pursued a music career instead Uh, he tells it uh, really well the story it's compelling
0: i mean i think we can all relate to that we've all had that moment in our careers where we're standing there and there's two roads converging we we think well i could go this way and i could be on friday night lights on the hit (laughs) on the hit abc program (laughs) or is it NBC, (laughs) friday night lights or maybe i'm gonna pursue music we've all had that exact specific decision
1: Jokes aside, it was a relatable moment, and, and the fact that he could take us through that kind of word by word was really cool.
11: Yeah, so I I auditioned for Friday Night Lights, um, and um, and basically they said they were going to get back to me at a certain time, and. Uh, and if they didn't get back to us, then, okay, fine, moving on. Um, and that time came and went. And in the middle of it, this guy had said, hey, if you want to come work for me, you need to be here at this date. And so I literally was like, all right, wh- whoever, like, if Friday Night Lights calls, that means I'm going to L.A. Um, if uh, if they don't call, then that means I'm going to Nashville. And they didn't call. I moved to Nashville. All my stuff in the car. Literally the first day I get to Nashville, I get a phone call from the casting director. Hey, we're really sorry. We got pushed back Um Uh, totally got the part, Um, can you be uh, at the location at like three o'clock in the morning, you know, or whatever. And it was one of those things where I physically, like, if I had literally turned around to start driving at that exact moment, I wouldn't have made it. And it was already late at night. So I couldn't get a flight. And it was just like, No, I can't actually. (laughs) (laughs) Like being unable, (laughs) I am unable. And so, what's been interesting is it's been this kind of a long circuitous path back to exactly that moment. I think, um, which is uh, I'm I'm a filmmaker now, um, and it's what I always wanted to do, and. Uh, But yeah, that that moment actually kind of set me off on like a six or seven year uh, wandering in the wilderness, uh, (laughs) acquiring a bunch of, um, you know, interests and skills in a a different way. Um, I I paid my due. I kind of joke around that I paid my dues in the wrong industry.
0: Episode 78. Recent. Yeah. One of those episodes where you sort of have your dad on the show. (laughs) <laughs> that classic trope of
1: having your dad on your podcast.
0: Yeah. Wow, what a treat. Uh I, as we ge- we geeked out about this in the episode a Rightfully lot. So. Yeah. And and I think afterward even not recorded, just between you and I, it was like, wow, what a fucking special cool thing. And I know I got pretty emotional after it as well. It's just like, what a treat to have your pops and and to have a, a, a have your pops on the show, but to have a conversation of this nature you know where it's like a little bit more it's just different than a normal conversation you know we're recording and it just kind of adds this layer but he got super vulnerable and uh you know as we said on the episode it's like he's such a hard worker or such a I mean I guess he phrased it sort of differently but uh really smart 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 dude who's who's kind of working hard building a life in his words right he's just kicking ass and he, he talks a lot about work values even though we had phrased it as work ethic he sort of pushed back on us.
1: And the, the conversation was a treat to see as a third party as well. The, the amount of respect that went back and forth, was it, it was beautiful.
0: It palpable. <laughs> there's satisfaction and then there's like laziness. And those are very, very fundamentally different things to me. And I feel like uh, there's also, it's not like overdoing it, but there's also like, there's like, this is good. Like, you're okay. But I, I, I think the difference then is, that the difference between let's just call it abstractly, somewhat abstractly, good and like, like hardcore work ethic. I feel like that difference needs to be sort of accepted by the hardcore worker as like this is a pleasure. Like this needs to be a pleasure. Otherwise, like I I can't project this as a guilt. You know, I can't right. project this as this is this this chunk of work where I know we're speaking abstractly and I'm doing lots of hand symbols that are, <laughs> that, are that are translating very well on the podcast. But that symbol, that that chunk of work is not. Fat, Like, that's not laziness. That's sort of like wringing the towel. That,
14: that won't get accepted by the, the hard work people,
0: though. Sure, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I,
14: and I, I just know this from, from true life, uh, over the years, there's been people in whatever positions that work their schedule and, and take off. And a few people will say, well, better for them that you know they don't devote their life to work and and everyone around agrees and i turn around and think to myself you lazy son of a bitch
11: (laughs) yeah
1: i feel like me in this in this fictional conversation that's becoming less and less fictional i'm that lazy son of a bitch and grant vince Uh, Every week, we like to talk about a topic that's maybe not... Not germane? Not exactly germane. Not necessarily germane.
0: Particularly germane to
1: the topic. topic Exactly. Uh, We call it the off-topic topic, topic, something we've been doing since the very beginning. It's a way for us to explore something more lighthearted, laid-back, and uh, intimate with the guests that we have on, it's not all about the work. Sometimes it's about whatever the fuck we're thinking
0: about. Whatever the fuck we're thinking about.
1: <laughs> uh, and we could talk about it. We could postulate about what the yeah, OTT yeah. is. Uh, here's what this length.
0: means. Here's how we come up with it. Here's a but. I think. <laughs> we already did that,
1: <laughs> sort of. I think Miss Schwartz, Jennifer Schwartz, says it better than we ever could. Uh, she was episode number 62. And we talked about houseplants yeah. Of all things Alright, here's what No TT is In Jennifer Schwartz's words She freaking scolded me <laughs> uh, Why is it that freaking sounds More vulgar than fucking It does, dude <laughs> It's because it's, it's, it's so alien It's much more alien That's weird to us. Oh. That was a nice OTT
9: It's not always about houseplants
1: No, it's something different each week Oh Do you
9: think it up in advance, or do you just uh, the
0: day? Depends. It depends. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes we audible. Sometimes we improv it.
1: Yeah. So, but
9: did you guys both know that it would be houseplants?
1: We did. We did. We decided moments before we hit call on Skype.
9: Yeah,
0: yeah. That's it. It's sort of like we for it's a bit of an artistic exercise. It's like, all right, we're calling, and that's houseplants. (laughs) But we don't. It's like we sit there and like plot out what we're gonna say. Right. It's just like. It's a little bit more fun to just kind of
1: It's Thanks. honestly not unlike the show in that completely I, haphazard, no planning whatsoever, <laughs> a little bit a little bit of vulgarity.
0: Oh, Vince.
1: Oh, Grant. Oh, Jordan Brady.
0: What a character. Host of Respect the Process podcast which I was on and uh, a prolific commercial filmmaker
1: and hilarious individual. Uh, He spun us many, many yarns in our time together His episode came in at just under two hours long Uh, So So, yeah, he
0: holds the record for longest episode probably
1: Yeah, even though we edited about 40 minutes of of footage out uh, He still has the longest overall episode uh, But it was well worth it Some good anecdotes Oh, some killer anecdotes the one you're about to hear involves minneapolis's own prince and uh that's as, that's as much as that's
0: tell all you. we need to say <laughs> enjoy mr brady we finally
14: finished the movie so we decide to have a premiere in minneapolis at the uptown theater oh a fantastic no
0: establishment a favorite yeah. of mine Patreon, for sure yeah
14: we invite the investors we have you know uh like country tour laminates and we pack the theater it's a fun night it's great after the movie cheryl crow and her guitar player at the time Jeff. the rumor is that his purple badness is going to show up to play with cheryl crow classic oh my so i've had a few tin cups of you're, whiskey celebrating. you're celebrating so, you're exactly. celebrating yeah celebrating peter berg you know, now big director, then you know, well-known actor. He's in the green room. Cheryl Crow's finished. She's in the green room. We don't think Prince is going to show up. The concert's over, but people are partying and playing music, and we're all in the green room and we're all fucked up. <laughs> and I eat these little powdered donuts, and I smear the powdered donut uh, all over powder all over my face, and I take a mouthful, and I turn around, and I go. Hey, Joe, when's Prince going to show up? <laughs> <laughs> and I say that and spray powdered donut everywhere. And people laugh. And I look and Joe goes, he's right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. And standing next to Cheryl Crow. This is about as show business as I get. Yeah. <laughs> standing next to Cheryl Crow is Prince in the green room. He had snuck in, caught the last of her act. And I look and... Peter Berg is on the couch with his cocktail, and he looks at me and goes, what are you going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I go, I'm going to go meet the artist formerly known as Prince.
0: <laughs> it's kind of sad introducing this clip because I'm realizing at this moment when we're recording this, we still have yet to take up this guest on his generous offer. and oh. uh, That was Mr. D. Schwan, the fantastic Minneapolis-based artist, creator, designer,
1: illustrator, maker, yeah. visual savant. Savant,
0: I like that. And we were talking about burgers for quite some time in our off-topic topic with him.
1: We love to delve into food in our off-topic topics, but this was the most intimate. Of food it was. Topic it I've was n-
0: not. It was nigh pornographic. <laughs> it
1: was he. He's a, he's a passionate man when it comes to his burgers, and he didn't pull any punches. Uh, listen to his visceral description of his love for burgers. I love burgers, and I feel like a lot of the...
2: like. Sometimes I'm very inspired to make work for, for burger stuff. Another brand just came to me the other day, and they want me to like create this burger art, and I'm just like,
1: fuck yeah, yeah. let's, let's <laughs> do this.
2: Like, You're oh, like frothing at the moment. I'm trying to just be like, oh, play cool, play cool. Like, I don't oh yeah, yeah. burgers. Yeah, maybe. Oh, we can yeah, do that, burgers, right? I don't know what it's from, but like... Like uh, I'm I'm with this these these guys that go out with uh, every once a month and we go to this like f- trying to find the best burger. Wow, like, burger! This is so, amazing. wow! I can't believe how on point we this to is topic. We on goal. we we actually have named the, the 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 group that we go to and it's called Between Two Buns.
1: Wow. <laughs> I love it. Hey, yeah. well, so you're more qualified than maybe anyone I've ever known. <laughs> What's your favorite burger? What's oh, your go-to? Man.
2: It's tough. Like there's definitely like a top five list that I have. Yeah, yeah. hit um, us with it. I think Lavon is probably one of my top ones that I really love. Is have in Minneapolis? Have, yeah, it's in Minneapolis. Another great one is uh, the Hot Dish Burger, North, oh, North Country, yeah, yeah. flavor okay. country. Also very good. Um, we went to the Rookery, I think, oh, last yeah. month that has a very tasty tiny burger
1: oh really it's a little burger it's hard for those not to be dry was it dry or was it good well it was good
2: but i just wanted like a couple others like after it was was was, was very tiny but uh no like it's it's really great like this the the culture the food culture here in minneapolis it's it's amazing so So like you find all these places that like you know create
1: great food and then when you find out that they create a great burger you're even more excited right yeah episode 61 michael hardesty 24-hour records That's a cool project, Uh, talking about constraints with him uh, during the episode. But we also had a very fascinating, and dare I say delicious, off topic topic, which once again ventured into the realm of food. Uh, He and I bonded over an obscure type of pastry. uh, Made famous in Eastern Europe, in the Czech Republic, in Czechoslovakia, uh, Bohemia originally, the kolache has somehow made a resurgence in southern Texas. Uh, and we talked about it. What the hell? <laughs> I, I know. I was surprised as surprised as you were. My grandmother used to make them for me. Uh, but he and I really bonded over it. And uh, maybe you guys will too. I'm a big fan. We just
2: got a place here in Nashville uh, that does, I don't know if this counts as a pastry, but they do kolaches.
1: It's a, it's a Texas thing, I think. Oh, I'll I'll have to correct you quickly. Don't because hate me. It is <laughs> it is not a Texas thing. That is a Czechoslovakian. Oh
0: my god! Thing. You have crossed the wrong coach. This is. Oh the- yeah,
1: yeah yeah
2: okay yeah yeah okay. Originally, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, but he, he the guy who runs the shop presents it as kind of a Texas tradition. But you're absolutely right. He does have that in the back of you know the back of the menu, but anyways they're they're really really
0: the good stuff. You're, you're talking to Vincent Kochi, who is yes. very Czech,
1: very okay. Czech. Uh, I was lucky enough to visit my family in the Czech Republic. I still have extended family out there, um, oh, awesome. and my departed grandmother. She was an award winning kolache baker ah, in the Midwest. Amazing. So I'm a huge kolache fan. You do not need what, to sell me on kolaches. It? What's kolache? Oh. Would you like to explain, or I can? Well, no. Let's do let in. So sure. in our best. So terms. it's, imagine a little, uh, similar to a donut consistency, similar to a Danish consistency, most similar, kind of cookie, and then in the middle is a glob of filling. And so it rests, it's like an open-faced filled donut. Yeah. And then usually some sort of confectioner's cheese, and Ooh. maybe frosting or powdered sugar is dusted over the top. Ooh. Yep. In the running for probably the most uh, eye popping of our guests in terms of story sharing, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it would it would be hard pressed to find one more so than Kevin Allison. He is a true master <laughs> of the narrative. Host of Risk! Exclamation point! The podcast, uh, which is a fantastic listen. You should all check it out. Yeah. And a former member of the state on MTV. Absolutely. Working alongside people like... David Wayne, Michael Ian Black, Michael Schultz. Schall- Some of my favorite all-time comedians yeah. and comedy personalities. And he is extremely funny and extremely earnest himself. We were off-topic off, top, off topicing OTTN About run-ins with famous people. Uh, and he shared a very hilarious a very self-effacing and a very uh, vulnerable story about the time that he was recognized, not for his acting, but during an event
15: of a different kind. So all of a sudden I was, you know, a minor celebrity, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, being recognized on the street pretty much every time I walked down, you know, several blocks, uh, but, had no money. I worked at the Grammys uh, in the, I was serving champagne in the (laughs) VIP champagne bar at the Grammys and Aretha Franklin and uh, Sarah McLaughlin walk through the door at the same time. So she's like, oh my gosh, uh, Miss Franklin, uh, such an honor to see you tonight. Uh, why don't I get you some champagne? And Aretha was like, oh, wonderful. So they sally up to my bar, and Sarah McLaughlin looks up at me pouring the champagne to, for them, and she says, oh my God, what are you doing here? Oh, <laughs> man. So Sarah McLaughlin was that person who is gauche enough to point out, what the oh. fuck, you're famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, wow. Uh, Aretha looks at her like, "Huh," and and then yeah. <laughs> she gets a little flustered and she turns to Aretha and she's like, "Oh, he's a very successful comedian." Oh and Aretha gosh. just looks at me and looks back at Are- at uh, Sarah and goes, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Grant,
0: Vince, <Yeah. sighs> what a treat to do the show with you, and what a treat, even though it's a." It's sad because it's over but that moment at the end of every show
1: I'm glad we have it because it really does end the show on a high note. Whether it's flawless execution by Susan Bennett who made our dreams come true yeah. or whether I'm struggling mightily to convey what is very simple instructions. It's just a real
0: simple idea.
1: Uh, we like to end the show the same way every week, uh, which is with our own 10,000 Hours Mantra, something that I originally heard you say mm-hmm. to me a long time ago, started saying it on the Creatives Go West yeah. trip. crazy. Yeah, and it's stuck in our vernacular ever since, and it's become sort of the, the rallying cry for mm-hmm. this show. Uh, that is Ship It. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it mean? If it doesn't ship, it is an art?
0: Yeah, I mean, and we could argue about it, but the reality to us is just like the 10,000-hour rule. It's just about actually putting in the time. It's about actually sending something out into the world. And so to us, the moment of shipping it could be a lot of things. Uh, for the podcast, it's at the end of the episode. We've shipped it. We're done. You know. But I think across the board, there are all sorts of projects, all sorts of things. And we like to encourage people to see them through. There's so much more value when you actually see the thing through and you quote-unquote ship it
1: very well said um, and so every week we ask our guests we to sign, do to yeah. sign us off they we sign request. us off with the ship it in their own way we've gotten a lot of amazing ones over two years now uh, but before we get into it uh, we had a conversation about ship it in a, in an episode entitled shipping a pretty it pretty heated conversation wasn't it yeah, yeah there was some uh, there was some back and forth a little bit of disagreement, some semantics, but in the end we we kind of landed on what it really means to us to ship it in a conversation with Brandon Reich.
5: Challenge yourself to see how much stuff you can do, and if you challenge yourself to see how much stuff you can do, you'd be surprised how efficient you'll figure out to start doing it. Um, you'll learn how to stop wasting time if you just start taking some stuff on and giving your, and having the confidence to actually tackle this stuff and to ship it.
0: Dude, wow, concise and beautiful well said i, I think um it yeah right reveal, reveal your essence Th- there's an essence in there that i think a lot of people are like eh, you know we like dance around we have these like facades we have these like things built around ourselves and it's just like fucking break them
1: and also learn like learn your limits like you'll never understand your potential for creativity and for produ- production if you don't test them and so many people don't and a lot of times i feel like i don't i feel like that's something someone that even believes in shipping can learn more about it by always pushing yourself.
7: It's Seth Godin, hoping today and every day you will ship it. Ship, ship it. it, ship it. Vince, Grant, ship it.
15: Everyone, I would love for you to ship it. Ship, ship it. it. Uh, ship it.
10: Ship it. You're out there and you're thinking about what you need to do today, I got two words. Ship it. Ship it. It's been a pleasure,
3: and ship it. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Vince. And ship it.
1: Oh my God, that was seriously the greatest (laughs) ship it we have ever had. (laughs) That is the top notch, end all be all ship it. No
5: doubt.